we are one generation called to minister to the next generation. Amen? Um, uh, there are some of you who are, who are seasoned very well in this place today. You are of an older generation. Good chance you uh, were a wife or a mother. Good chance you were a grandmother, older, even a great-grandmother. But in spite of that, you were of a generation that is older than the following generation. And God has called each of you to something mighty. I don't know how many generations may be uh, here today. It could be three. It could be four. But this I know, we all have the same job, and that is to minister to the generations after us and declare the wonders of God's goodness. I would ask you just really quick to turn to, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew 19. And while you're turning there, I'm just curious. This is purely a, a, a self-focused thing. How many are going out to eat after? How many are going out to eat to a restaurant that you had to make reservations for? Oh, man. Please tell us how it was next Sunday. Uh, highfalutin. How many are going home and eating a big old fat meal? Oh. Honestly, I'm, I'm going home looking forward to grilling the steaks, looking forward to eating the food, but most importantly, looking for that wonderful holiday nap afterward. In which I get to turn the TV on and fall asleep. And my kids are of an age now. My kids are of an age now that they that they're good to go. I've waited for this day. No, I'm just joking. Just joking. Just joking. Matthew chapter 19. We're going to look at verse 13 and 14. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Now, in several translations and in several different Gospels, both Mark and Luke also had this account, and they mentioned that people brought these little children to Jesus. But I'm going to pretty much feel confident to say a majority of those who were bringing those children were mamas. Would anybody agree with that? Probably. In fact, if you really want to get serious, a lot of times when there was some pressing in regarding the kiddos throughout Scripture to the things of the Lord, who was oftentimes carrying in those children? The mothers. Now, let's just take just for a moment, just get an idea of what's going on. Uh, there is a huge crowd. How many know Jesus always drew a crowd? Okay, Jesus always drew a crowd. There was a huge crowd. Didn't mean that everybody in that crowd appreciated him. Didn't mean everybody in that crowd liked him all that much, but they were there. And here we have, and I'm just going to go on what I'm seeing. We have these mamas with these kiddos. We have these mamas with the next generation, and they have but one focus. It is not all the hindrances around them. It is the focus of who it is they want their children to experience. And who was that? 
They wanted him to physically touch them. He wanted them to physically bless them. He wanted, they, these mothers wanted their children in God's presence. Amen? Okay, I'm going to tell you what. I know it's cloudy outside, but shake your neighbor and say, you got to wake up just a little bit or you're going to miss something here. Wake up just a little bit or you're going to miss something. Okay. They wanted their children in God's presence. How many here today want to see the next generation in God's presence? How many cry out to the Lord, Lord, I want that next generation, whether they include my children, my grandchildren, cries out on their behalf. Kids, I want them in your presence. Who cries, who cries out on their behalf? We could sit here all day long, and I could do as I've read many a sermon online telling mamas what they're supposed to do. I could read Proverbs 31 to you, but I'm not going to. What I'm simply going to say is this. God knew what He was doing when He gave that beautiful little one to you. He knew what He was doing. He gave that child to you, and all He's simply saying, not only for your child, but all those within that generation, point them to me. Bring them to me. Bring them into my presence. We say, what is the one job for a parent that matters above all others is that we intentionally point and bring our children into the presence of God. That is our, that, that is it. How often do we fill our children's lives with all the other things? My hand's up first. Okay? Farther. We fill our children's lives up with the other things that really are farther down the list of importance than making the priority that our child is brought into the presence of God Almighty. And you say, okay, I bring my kids to church. I'm not even talking about church. I'm talking about your home. I'm talking about your family, your gathering. There's a story, and I just want to share this because I had a pastor touch on this earlier this week, and it just kind of shook me a little bit. And I thought, wow. I'm not going to take you to the Scripture today, but I just want to share the story with you. How many are familiar with Nehemiah? Nehemiah was part of that group that got exiled from Israel and ended up in Babylon. This was after the kings. There were a few that had been left in Jerusalem, the beautiful sacred city of Jerusalem. They were, they were left there in that city to kind of be caretakers, but Jerusalem had pretty much been decimated. There wasn't a whole lot left. Walls were torn down. It was awful. Nehemiah who worked in the Babylonian king's uh, 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 word that Jerusalem was an Israelite. And he caught word and heard that Jerusalem was in awful, awful shape. And for him, Jerusalem, he, he remembered back, that's where the Ark of the Covenant in the temple was. That's where the presence of God was. 
and his heart broke. Well, he went before the king asking for permission to please go, let me go, please let me go back to Jerusalem that I may make things right there. Well, it was definitely a God thing because the king said, okay. Sent men, sent supplies. Nehemiah gets there, sees the decimation of Jerusalem. The walls have been just destroyed. And not only that, there was enemies all around. All Nehemiah wanted to do was get back into what the presence of God had been in their lives before and make it possible for his fellow Israelites and their children to come back. But as they began work on those walls in that city, welcomes the enemies of life, those that say, you can't do this, those that say, you won't do this, and those who say, I've got better things for you to do. And it got so bad that the enemies rose up against them that these folks, Nehemiah and these folks, feared for their lives. And this is what Nehemiah did, and I want you to just grab hold of it. It said, at the low spots where the walls had been knocked almost completely down, guess who he stationed behind those walls? One family at a time. He stationed a family whose whole purpose was to stand guard. And I'm going to say symbolically, stand guard the city of God, the presence of God. We are not going to budge. And we're going to do this together. I'm not saying these kids got everything that was going on, but you know what? Mom and dad... And the family were there together. And it said they had the, they had, the men had weapons on their side. Well, guess what? There was an even greater weapon on all of them, and it was on their knees. And what was it called? And guess who was involved in that praying together? All the generations. They were all involved in this. They were all involved in this. And in no time, no matter the families, who is that enemy? And who is that enemy of our souls and of our lives and of our families? Who is that enemy? We know in all that He uses, they stood firm together because I believe the father, the mother, the parents, their greatest desire was that that next generation know the presence of God, be in the presence of God. And we are going to stand firm and not budge and not move. And those walls began to rise. And it said the enemy began to shrink back in fear. See, that's what happens. How many, how, how many times, families, has the enemy tried to cause fear in you? You have, a, you, you, have, you have a little one. You even have an adult little one. You know what I'm talking about. You've got a little one or, or you've got a, a, a someone who has been like a child to you and they are running a wrong direction and a wrong way. And what does the enemy try to do? He tries to tell you about all that is wrong and all you've done wrong and if you just go and do this and if you just go and do that, you know, or lay the condemnation on you. Anybody battle the condemnation as parents? Hello. So, 
Psalm 112, my wife was sharing with me last weekend. The one who fears the Lord, follows his decrees, his commands, it says their, ch- their children will be mighty in the land. Do you know the first thing we have to be constantly wary of and prepared for, that the enemy wants to shut the family down? wants to shut you down as mamas, wants to shut the parents down, wants to shut us all down. That's why the disciples rebuked these mamas. Guess who the disciples were listening to as these mamas are coming with the kids? This is Jesus. He doesn't have any time for this stuff. Oh, no. Mamas, I know you're on your knees. Don't you dare let the enemy tell you otherwise. Mamas, I know that you are pressing in and sometimes coming up against a whole lot of pushback by the enemy through a whole lot of ways. Don't give in. Our God is an awesome and mighty God who has called you to great and wondrous things. And you know what those great and wondrous things are? To be the vessel He's called you to be. Mamas, grandmas, aunts, any of those, foster moms, any, like a mom, any of those, foster moms, anything, you are battling for the next generation, are you not? Come on, who's with me? Are you battling for the next generation? Are you? Are you? Your next generation, your next generation may be sitting in your lap right now. Your next generation may be down in the nursery. Your next generation may be old enough they're off in college or they're about to graduate from college. They may be working in another town. That's that next generation. But you know what? You keep pressing in and don't you let that enemy stop you. Amen? Because no greater, 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 greater job do you have. And guess what? I may preach the same thing on Father's Day as well. No greater job do we have than to usher our children in. And there's something special when a mama does this. Because she's the nurturer. And they see mama no matter how much the enemy comes against her. Standing firm. I want you to know Jesus above all else. I want you to know Jesus' freedom above all else. I want you to know the love of God above all else. So you know what? I don't care how much you kick and scream, my younger generation here. I don't care how much the enemy screams in my face. What I can't happen. I don't care how much it comes up against me. I will stand in what I know is truth because my child, those that I love and consider my children, they will know the truth and the truth will set them free. Amen? So let's not give up. There are those of you who, in your sphere of influence, you've got kids living next door. You may not have of your own, but you've got kids living next door to you that you, can, you, you treat them like you're, if, if they were yours. Do the same thing. Do the same thing. Boy, this is a very different kind of message than I normally preach, I know, but I just feel compelled to just encourage all of you to push past what the disciples said. And press into Jesus. Amen? Take your children with you. 
everywhere you go when it comes to Jesus. Point them to Him. Oh, I'm such a terrible model. Okay, okay, okay. Did Jesus forgive you? Yes. Then just start living that forgiveness and watch what it does to your children. But I struggle so much. Just keep growing. Be real in front of your kids. Grow, walk, bring your kids along for the ride. <laughs> How do you isolate? And any of you, and I'm going to say one thing, the enemy's going to try to maybe even say isolate. <laughs> How do you isolate? Well, mamas, there are times, there are things we're going through that we don't want our children to know about because we don't want them to see our struggles. Let me tell you one thing real quick. It's in our struggles and watching Jesus do a miracle in them that our children grow. Don't hide from your children what the Lord's doing in you. Amen? Because who here today can say, the Lord's doing something in me? Who can say that? Come on, who can say that? The Lord is doing something in me. Then let your kids see it. Oh, but I've, my, my time is gone. My influence is over. Look, your influence does not end in any situation until Jesus says, time to come home. You hear me? One last thing. How many people came to know Jesus late in life? Anybody? Right there. Anybody else? Later in life. Right there, right there. Came to know Jesus later in life. It's a good thing we didn't give up on you when you became an adult, isn't it? Right, Jimmy? Jimmy Bagdari says, yep. It's a good thing that the older generation didn't stop just because he became an adult. So here, here time today, this is just where I want us to get raw and honest. Who here today say, hey, I'm on my knees all the time for the next generation. Come on, just get your hands up. Let's stand together on this. I'm all the time. I'm on my knees for the next generation. That includes my own and those around me. Amen? Lord, we just pray right now in Jesus' name for the next generation because we want them to know your presence. We want them to know, and we want them to, to, want to bring them in regardless of what's guarding up against us, whatever's coming up against us, whatever the enemy's trying to throw at us. We stand firm today in Jesus' name that our singular goal is that the next generation will know you in Jesus' name. Lord, we can't make them get saved, but boy, Lord, when we bring our kids into the presence of God Almighty, something happens. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And Lord, I just want to thank you right now for every individual in this house today. In Jesus' holy name, I thank you for the mamas as they have walked with their kids I thank you for the grandmas who, who just love sharing truth and they get to do some extra spoiling here and there. Thank you, God, for their lives. Thank you for great-grandmothers. Thank you for aunts. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for those that have had influence in a child. I praise you to influence in the next generation's life. Thank you, Lord God, for them. I praise you today for their lives because they are a vessel, a vessel of you. In Jesus' name. I minister right now for all those that battle feeling condemnation. I come against that lie in Jesus' name, and I just speak truth over them that they are your vessel. They have not failed. If anything, I thank you, Lord, today is a new chapter for some people. 
Lord, I want to thank you right now in Jesus' name for those that uh, have not even had the opportunity to be an earthly mother, so to say, and yet, Lord Jesus, have had influence over the lives of those around them. Lord, I thank you, God, for that individual in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord, for the purpose in them and through them, Lord, as they have been used to point this next generation to you. God, there is a mighty evangelistic movement amongst the parents of today. I'm thanking you that they're going to start seeing it in greater ways than ever before. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen.